What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day. Today, I'm solo chilling, so you guys are going to hear from me. I want to dive dive a little bit deeper into something you guys have heard me mention on a couple of podcasts, a quote that's stuck with me and been extremely important to me throughout my career, even before I noticed it. But the quote that you guys have heard me go and say is, you're as good as anybody, but better than nobody. It's kind of a two-part quote. It's, it's super, super important. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. What up, what up, what up? Um, Welcome to Today's the Day. I am so freaking excited for today's episode. All right, what's up, everybody? Um, Welcome to Today's the Day. Much love to everybody. Today's the day. To me, that means two things, and I kind of want to touch on why that's been so important and how my hindsight with that is like, holy cow, if I would have kept that in mind, I could have avoided a lot of a lot of hardship. But just to give you guys a little bit of a background coming into the career that I'm currently in, I came into the career that I'm in because of a mentor that I had early on. His name's Casey Baugh. He helped me out in more ways than he'll ever know for sure. But I came into this industry, which is a very competitive industry. It's it's completely based off of your production. Whatever you go and the value you create for the company is how you're compensated. Meaning there's no ceiling, which is extremely exciting, right? That also means there's no floor. And there, there's literally no floor, I can tell you from experience. So, so just to put it into perspective, I, I went out my first season with this company, with Vivint, um, straight out of high school. I graduated high school. I went out the next day. And I had really, really high, high set goals. Um, and I really didn't know what it took to go and be successful. I didn't really know how hard it is to go and get good at things um, when they're not just natural to you. Um, and I went out and I struggled really, really bad. I, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I had an absolute blast. But when it was all said and done after that first season, I was the lowest performing rep in my entire region. Um, I went and did extremely subpar um, as far as production goes, which means compensation obviously followed. But what I, what I want to explain with that was my mindset of that is it was extremely demotivating in a way because I, I lost that, that first part of that quote, you're as good as anybody. I lost that belief. Like I, I literally looked at people as if they were on a different playing field than me. They were gifted, gifted differently than I was. And it was really hard to remember you're as good as anybody when your, your outcomes weren't showing that same level of of success, right? That was a really hard pill to swallow. um, But I had a really important perspective shift on that where I really started to believe you're as good as anybody after that. And that came um, shortly after that season is the off season uh, of our work. And I was with that same mentor that got me into it, Casey, Casey, and we sat down and we kind of were reviewing and kind of game planning for the next year. And I remember he had never really like, uh, called me out if that if that is the way to say it. He had never really gone and shown disappointment. And he didn't really come at me with disappointment, but he just told me, he basically called me out and said, hey, Zach, like it's up to you whether you go and get the most out of this opportunity or not. Nobody out there that's doing better than you at the company is better than you, right? You are just as good as anybody else. You might just have to put in more work. And I adopted this mindset over the next five years of the company where it was, man, I'm as good as anybody. I see that guy who's literally top, top in the company, the best of the best to ever do it. And I'm like, I could be that good. If I want to go and do that, it might take me more work. It might take me more time. But eventually, if that is what I want to go and do, I can absolutely go and do it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I adopted that with managing and leading. I saw leaders that were growing these organizations and, and blowing up at the company. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And keep in mind at this time, I'm, I'm 18 years old. So very quickly at the company, I kind of got this, I guess, respect that I earned being so young and doing things so big. And, and my, my career catapulted after that year. I went and started putting in the extra work. Um, I dominated that next year, comparatively speaking. And then from there on out, I've gone and grown. I've grown a team, a region. I manage um, just under 100 people at this point. And, and I get to go and relate to them that way. So, so the first part of that quote, you're as good as anybody, right? It's super, super important to remember in any aspect of life. Like you are as good as anybody. You are enough. If they are somewhere different than you are, it's most likely and 99% of the time because their inputs have been different than yours have been. Right. And if you go and you focus solely on the inputs, the outputs will work themselves out. And then the second part, right? The second part typically comes after, but better than no one. That's the second part of the quote. You're as good as anyone, but better than no one. And in my industry, it's it's really tough for people to go and find success and not carry too much pride with it. Right. And not get prideful and not get to the point where they look down on other people. And I think just as important as believing in yourself is realizing you're no better than anybody else at any phase of their career or their life or anything like that. I think it's a super, super important piece of it. So in these podcasts, you guys have heard me and other people I bring on talk about it, and you'll notice these top 1% in their field, whatever that field may be, the top 1%, if they're truly successful in their field, they look at everybody as equals and they treat everybody as equals, right? And they understand that they're better than no one. So something I really want to touch on and dive into a little bit with you guys is, is the simple fact of you're as good as anyone, but better than no one. Now for the best three clips from this month. That segues into you mentioned something that I, I just want to dive into just for the hell of it, just for fun. <laughs> you have and then we'll get back into like the, the, the nitty gritty, like the helpful stuff. This is more so for my entertainment, though. You have cooked for some absolutely ridiculous names like some some out there out there situations people everything like that like I'm, I'm curious what is your all-time favorite or do you have like an all-time favorite story like I cooked for them one time and this happened like this was nuts <laughs> an all-time <clears throat> story uh, I mean we've had the honor of doing some crazy crazy things and um I mean 
Just list a few of what yeah. you've done, and then yeah. we'll find a story like. Okay. So you've cooked for the last three presidents. Yeah, well, let's start there. Yeah, this is a good one. So, uh, so I got to cook for Donald Trump. That was as you would expect. Pretty crazy. Absolutely um, not boring. <laughs> not, There's no way no, it was boring. There was no boringness. That's uh, amazing. Good times. Uh, I think President Obama was actually the most surprising. So this is uh, okay. I, I don't know if it's like my all-time favorite story, but it was by far the most surprising uh, opportunity or like incidents uh, cooking for like these types of people. So we he was in town for an <coughs> or for a meeting. He was up at the uh, McEwen Mansion in Salt Lake City. He was meeting with government officials, and we were cooking him breakfast. All of us had to have background checks. Which is so gnarly. That's so gnarly. Yeah, like, you, and I was young, dude. Like, really young, in my twenties. And you got this Secret Service dude hanging out in the kitchen. You better make sure that secret sauce is, is good. He's, he's watching everything. And I think they were watching tighter because, I mean, you know, Utah. Like they. Anyway, President yep. Obama. I don't know if he thought he was safe in Utah, but I love. I love him. That, so, so the point of the story is, we're cooking in breakfast. <coughs> You got all these Secret Service watching you cook. You have to get background checks. There was – I think there was like three servers and like three or four chefs on on this event. We're making a breakfast. We get good breakfast out, and one of the servers was fairly new, but she was very talented. And she was going around filling uh, people's cups with coffee, like refilling people's cups. And she got like distracted for a second. And overfill <laughs> President Obama's cup of coffee, and this—that's been her nightmare for a week leading up to it. She's like, "Don't spill the coffee on Obama! Don't spill the coffee on Obama!" Dude, full on his lap, like oh. hot coffee, <laughs> homie. Like, President just jumps up, and then obviously security's like on top of her. She's screaming, crying, and he—it it, it felt like an attorney. It felt like an attorney, but within seconds, he's like, "Everyone, calm down." I have more suits. And it was just like so cool. He yeah. Could, he could have been an, like, he could have been an ass about For it. sure. He could have been like. And no one would have been surprised. No. Yeah. And and instead he just was like, it's chill. And she was, dude, she was a mess. Like just crying hysterically. And he was like trying to calm her down. He walked out, changed suits and came back out and kept eating breakfast. So, um, and, and to be a part of that moment was cool. Cause mm. when people, when I'm around people, they're turned down. Mm -hmm. Cause they're eating. They're just like having their personal moment. Yep. So you get to really see what people are about when, when no one's watching, there's no cameras on them. Most of the time my, my clients are vacationing. And so it's like, yeah. they're either with their family or people they really love. And so they're, I get to see people in their realist moments. Most authentic self. Yeah. 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 So cool. It was so crazy. That's, that's <laughs> nuts, dude. Could you imagine that for her, that story? Oh man. And he probably doesn't even remember. Or oh. maybe he does. I don't know. I mean, maybe I bet, he does. I bet he doesn't remember. So crazy. Him. Yeah. So from high school into Utah Valley, you played three years at mm -hmm. Utah Valley, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you speak super highly of it. You enjoyed the experience, the staff, the coaching. Yeah. Um, and then from there, Drafted to the Milwaukee Brewers, yep, yeah, Milwaukee Brewers, mm -hmm. and so that's a that's a really cool process, right? I, you have to, so if you if you do decide to go to college, you have three years of you have to play there, and after your third year or after your twenty one, you're draft eligible. So I had a pretty good idea. Um, after my after they can start talking to you during your junior year. So I'm mm -hmm. I probably had every MLB team. You have to fill out a questionnaire. There's a there's a there's a portal, and like obviously every team has different things they take into account for the draft and mm. i mean because it's you know it's a big investment for them to take these guys give them money out of college or even high school so they really put time into like 
what they're what they're investing into. So I filled out a ton of questionnaires. I talked with a lot of scouts, and it was funny because the Milwaukee Brewers they weren't even like a team I talked highly to or I talked to often. And mm-hmm. so I didn't think coming into draft day, I talked to other scouts and how it broke down. Everyone was, pretty, okay, we see you going from round six to 10. That's kind of the range we yeah. think. So, so on draft day, just hanging out at home, not, not expecting too much. And the first day goes by is only the first three rounds. And so I'm like, okay, next day, let's go get into this. And so I'm like, I think I'm going to get drafted. Starts getting towards the end. And it's like, uh, you know, I haven't got the call yet. I don't think it's happening. I see a lot of college seniors. So what they do, like the last two rounds of the draft, uh, yeah. the first day, they start taking college seniors because they save a lot of money. It's like you yep. can either come play for us for a plane ticket and a couple thousand bucks or you're not playing. There's yeah. no leverage for those seniors. So yep. next day I get right after the draft. How is that anticipation? Yeah, it's for real. Awesome. Like you're yeah. saying that, and I'm like, yeah. oh gosh, I would be sick to my stomach. It is, and it's like, because you have you have these thoughts in your mind. It's like, man, you see the the bonus value for these these rounds are you know starts probably where I was thinking, okay, I could get two hundred fifty thousand dollars out of college. This is unreal. I'm a broke college student, and these rounds start ticking by, going down, down. You're like, oh crap. And as that goes down, the the, the bo- bonus the bonus gets yeah smaller and smaller. I'm like, Got man. I'm, and then so I'm like, <laughs> it's getting towards the end of day two of the draft, to- towards the tenth round. I'm like, I'm not gonna get picked today. You know, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fine, whatever. And right when the draft ended that day. I start getting calls, tons of calls from different teams. I had the Marlins, the Cubs, all these teams are calling me. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're interested. They're keep they're saying pretty much the the slot value after the tenth round is 125,000. They're like, will you take that? Yeah. And at the time, I didn't have an agent. I didn't really like think I've really needed one. It's like I I I I talked to teams well. I didn't I didn't I like overvalue myself. I didn't undervalue myself. I pretty much told them, hey, I want to be treated fair for where I go in the draft. So they're calling me saying, hey, will you take that slot value of the hundred twenty five? I'm saying yes, yes. I just told yes to every team. And like I said, the Brewers weren't one of them. So yeah. I was not thinking. I was like, oh, am I going the Marlins? The Cubs are really here. The Tampa Bay Rays. I had all these teams calling me. These scouts calling yeah. me. So I'm like, okay, like yeah, the next day, let's let's get it done so i was actually scheduled to help at a like a little kids camp at utah valley uvu we were doing a kids camp down there and i'm going through i'm kind of looking at the draft trackers the round starts this is the second day 11th 12th you know so forth and i'm just sitting there and and usually what will happen a scout will call you and be like hey our pick is coming up we really want you. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna really, we're gonna take you here. Are you okay with this slot value, this money? So I didn't receive a call, and all of a sudden, it was my fiance that I'm Kenzie, my wife now, and she, she texted me she's like, "Oh my gosh, babe, let's go! Come on, the Brewers!" I'm like, "What? I'm like, what's <laughs> going on?" So I, I load up the draft tracker. I get where I'm at, and I see my name, 14th round in Milwaukee Brewers, and I was picked right there. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I, I didn't even get a call. I didn't. <laughs> anything and so i actually knew the scout i talked to him one time briefly he's from utah utah guy and so he had heavy pull and and what uh like he wanted from the utah guys so i texted him say hey i just saw that that's awesome and he kind of kind of stood uh, like stood up for me there and 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 kind of put his neck out on the line because like, hey i got you the 125 i got the rest of your school paid for like i got you set up drafts moving fast i'll give you a call after i was like Oh my god! So sick, this is crazy. So right then, when when Kenzie texted you and was like, "Congratulations!" Like, what was that like? I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It was just like relief because it was like it's I gotta was be. expecting the day before and it didn't happen. Big relief for me. And mm-hmm. then I was like, "Man, that 
this is what I've worked for. Yeah. In college, you know, I was working so hard through high school to get a college scholarship. Yep. But when I started having that success in college is really when I was like, I want to play pro. I want to do this. This is something I love. And if I can make money doing something I love, then that's it, man. If you approach every day as if it's kind of your last day, like today's the day, you go and you make really big things happen in a really special way. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single person that I bring on to here lives so you included absolutely lives that one way or the other you absolutely live today's the day whether you realize it or not so my question for you along with it now that you kind of understand um, the idea behind it at what point did you realize like or at what point did you start living as though today's the day like in the moment being where your feet are as you call it right at what point did you make that switch you know I think there's always been a part of me that's kind of always had that mentality to go for it. Mm. Right. Where it really changed though, where I, I would say the overall, I would say right now in my life, 93% of my life is really, really, really good. I feel really, really good and alive and at ease and calm and motivated and excited. Probably 93% of my time. That's amazing. Yeah. And where it really, really changed where it's like, today's the day was after I took, you know, and this is a story for another time, but in, the, in my book, I took like a two-year sabbatical and did a ton of healing work, working with plant medicine and ayahuasca and uh, therapists and psychologists and meditation teachers and went to Bali, right? And I really learned, you know, again, similar message to m- remove the blockages in my life that made me feel like I was unlovable. And once I really, really learned to love Doug for who Doug is without any... Um, results or any labels. And I had this moment of like, wow, I'm a human being on planet earth. And how crazy is this planet? Like this is just quick tangent, but how crazy is this planet? We, the universe is 13.8 billion years old, right? It's, it's so humongous. We can't even comprehend it. There's trillions and trillions of planets. We found nothing out there. There's nothing out there. Like it's just black, empty space. (laughs) And like Mars has like some red rocks. We have found nothing. <laughs> oh. It is so big. But here we are. We got dropped down to this planet. And on this planet, we have music and art and food and animals and mountain ranges and mu- like music. And like we can do a podcast and there's so much going on here. If you Mars got dropped rock. off anywhere else, it's not happening. There's nothing <laughs> else happening out there. Yeah. And for whatever reason, as far as we've discovered, we got put on this one and I have consciousness. I am aware that I'm aware that I'm aware. I'm aware that like I can experience joy and love and empathy. And I can also experience grief and sadness. Like, whoa, holy shit. I could have this experience. Yeah. Like, wow. And statistically speaking, you know, nothing's guaranteed. Who knows what happens when we die? Maybe. No one knows. Yep. Right. And so it's like, wow, well, I'm 33. I've got roughly 50 years statistically left. Like today's the day. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., <laughs> 